them with Allison and Eric too. <laughs> I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I am here with the one, the only, the sexy man I've loved for over 10 years now, Mr. Eric Robertson. Hi. Woo! We are in Pleasant Pictures studio and friggin spike is here too you mean shed mcgregor where is he he's in his bed we have a dog his name is spike this is episode number 40 freaking two and we are so excited to be doing it it is 10 things we've learned from 10 years of marriage our 10 year anniversary is on the 22nd yeah tomorrow so tomorrow we will have been married for 10 years and how do you feel about that i mean I feel great. I don't. <laughs> I, I, there hasn't been any any big changes. I feel very happy to be married. See, this to you. is so. This is really funny. I actually feel like really sentimental, and I I'm not. I am not sentimental. No. I feel really sentimental about this anniversary, and I think it has to do with recent life events, i.e., episodes forty and forty-one. I was hit by a car. If you missed that. <laughs> And so we've been taking a bit of a break. So I thought we would do a little bit of an update. First things first, thank you so much. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for the messages. Thank you for sharing about those episodes on Instagram. You know I always say sharing is caring. And seeing so many people screenshot and share that you're listening to episodes 40 and 41 tagging me, it really means so much. And also in that same vein, how am I doing? I'm very excited to be teaching my biggest Build an Awesome Brand workshop ever on Friday. There's going to be 100 students. I know so many of the students come from the podcast. And so I just, again, I want to say thank you. I'm so excited. I'm still in pain. I'm still trying to get off all the drugs that I can. and stretch and physical therapy and I need to be better about that and just work on getting my body back to being healthier. So, you know, still dealing with pain, still feeling the effects, but it is always just a a constant reminder of all the wonderful things (laughs) that have been a result. Can I just add that you look good while doing all this? Aw, thank you, love. We're going to do just one segment today and then we're going to get into the meat of it and we're going to do a getting bookie with it. Na, 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 na. I haven't done getting bookie with it in a while, and I cannot not tell you about these two books that have changed my life. And I know I say that every time, but I really mean it. Like, really, truly. The first one is The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, and the second one is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Now, The Untethered Soul was actually written before The Surrender Experiment. However, I read them in The Surrender Experiment first, then The Untethered Soul, and I really, really loved reading them in that order because in The Surrender Experiment, you learn the environment and the events that are taking place place while Michael Singer wrote The Untethered Soul. And Eric, you love The Untethered Soul. Very much. Tell people why you love it. Man, it's such a deep book. And it's also very simple at the same time. Yeah. He just gives a understanding of the separation between your mind and you. Your thoughts. Your thoughts and then you. You're a being of light. You're an observer. You're the watcher of all things happening around you. And he talks about your thoughts. Your mind just goes crazy all the time and creates false beliefs and builds up walls and then we defend these walls and it's not even our true self so he helps us to 
to separate and to just be a watcher and then be an observer and to be present and basically to be happy. It's really similar to The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which we also share. If you are interested in any of these books, if you go to my Instagram at The Allison Show, that's Allison with one L, and you click on the link in my profile, I have one of those like link things and I have just direct Amazon links to these books. And we also have a free Audible trial if you want to listen to them, which is how we read our books is mostly by listening to them. But we also order a copy on Amazon. So I have like the hard copy of the book to go back and reference. And I want to share one quote from The Surrender Experiment, and it's right in the beginning of the book, and it is, do we assume good things won't happen unless we force them to? Boom! And the reason why I wanted to share this quote is I actually think it really has a ton to do with relationships and marriage and intimate partnerships. We think we need to force this good and will this good and work hard and work, work, effort, effort. And when you think about all of the beautiful, harmonious occurrences in nature that are happening all over the universe at this exact freaking moment... Are they being like willed and forced and coerced to, is the flower being willed and forced and coerced to bloom? No, it's this natural process. And so my biggest takeaway from both of these books and being hit by a car is relax, relax. You can get a lot done. You can find your purpose. You can serve and love others and have enthusiasm, but you can do it with ease. And so that's what I'm working on right now in my personal life. And again, I think this is a really good segue into the 10 things we've learned about marriage. Okay, so what we did for this 10 things we've learned in 10 years of marriage is we turned to you guys, you beautiful, gorgeous creatures, and we said, what are your questions? And the reason I love doing this from time to time is I would literally in a million trillion years never think to talk about some of the things that you guys ask. And even when I was reading the questions in my mind, I think we've talked about how I would answer that. We've talked about that. We've talked about that. But I know this from my own personal experience that sometimes the answer can be there, but until you hear it in the context of how you have the question, it's hard to internalize and apply it to your life. So that's what I hope we're doing here. A lot of the questions, we had hundreds of questions, and a lot of the questions were in the same vein. So I kind of grouped them together into 10, kind of overarching what the theme of the question was. Eric, are you aware? (laughs) Am I aware of what? I'm going to say, Eric, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, Eric, are you ready? (laughs) Yes, I'm aware and ready. Okay, I have one disclaimer, one thought nugget for you before we begin. And it's really funny. I think my mom said this to me after our episode last year, Nine Things We've Learned from Nine Years of Marriage. Mm -hmm. And I still remember what she said. She's like, I have something. Do you want to hear what I have? And I was like, yes, mom, I do want to hear what you have. And the thing that my mom, who's been married for over 35 years now, her advice was your relationship is not going to look like other people's relationships. Now, this is like the obvious police running you over, okay? But the thing is, as Eric and I share about our relationship and what our relationship looks like and what works for us, the worst thing you could possibly do is hold it up to your relationship and say, well, mine's not like that. Mine must not be correct or mine must not be right or mine could be so much better if only it was like that. Because what Eric and I do really works for us, but I think you need another person's marriage like you need another person's facelift, right? It's like a really personal thing. (laughs) 
I was trying to think of something that's really personal and unique to you. And for some reason, facelift came I to mean, mind. Sure. That I works. mean, I don't have a facelift, but I'm just like, <laughs> but think of it like the unique features of your face, the unique features of your body and you as a person. And then you add your spouse or your partner into the mix and you're trying to like impose these other expectations. And so my mom, what she was saying is I have these friends and I'll look at their marriage and I'll think my marriage isn't like that. That's something we should work on. And then she said, but I just start to realize like the way that our marriage is and I'm actually really happy with it. And so ask yourself that when we're talking about something, if you're really happy with how you guys are doing something, don't freaking listen to us. You know, you know what is best for you. But the questions that we're answering, we hope that you find some thought nuggets and good suggestions. So the first question that so many people had in so many different forms, and I think it definitely has to do with the nature of the podcast is what do you do when you're not on the same page with growth or self-development? How do you encourage the other person to grow without offending them? One person was like, what if my spouse is quote unquote totally normal without having to do all this work reading books? Hey, I've been there. (laughs) And (laughs) other people said, you know, what do you do if, if you have different levels of social intelligence? And so this is something Eric said. Do you remember one of the things you said about self-improvement last year, Eric? No. It's self-improvement is sexy. Oh, yeah, I do. And I love that. That was one of our nine things that we shared last year. And you can listen to podcast episode 12 if you want to hear those nine things, because they're going to be very different from what we talk about today. But Eric said, self-improvement is sexy. And this exact thing happened and has happened to Eric and I. So a couple years ago, when I really started to look at my anxiety and my business and my breakdowns and how I was treating my body. I started to realize that I needed to change, that I was going to send myself into a really bad place. And it was really taking a toll on Eric. I couldn't see it though, because I was in such a bad place myself. And it's not like we weren't functioning, right? But things just mentally and emotionally, I just wasn't taking care of myself. I know exactly what it's like to be on this journey of self-improvement and growth. And all of a sudden you start to look around at your mom, at your siblings, at your husband, at your best friends. And you're like, if you would just read this book, your life would be better. If you would just do this thing. (laughs) And so what happens is whenever we learn, hey, who started a freaking podcast to tell people how to be awesome? This girl, okay? I'm not calling you out, but I am saying that it is one of the greatest tendencies of human nature when we learn something that can really change and affect us. We want to share it with people, but we also want to, oh my gosh, this would fix them. I'm going to go fix them. I'm going to go help them be fixed. This is my conclusion. And then Eric, I want to hear yours. If you are trying to change the people you love, you're not there yet. When you are on this journey of self-improvement, I know how tempting it is to be like, my husband needs to do this. Like I'm growing way further than him. And this person needs to hear this. And this person needs to hear that. We're not even on the same page. We can't even relate anymore. But truly, at the heart of growth and emotional intelligence is that you ease into who you are, you accept and you let go. It is the complete opposite of trying to change the people around you. I really believe this whole thing is about accepting who you are and relaxing into it. And so that's that's one, that's like my two cents, Eric. Yeah, I, I was thinking about whenever I've been motivated to change, it's not usually that I'm in a really bad place or that I can see that I need to change. It's always because I'm inspired or I see someone else that I want to emulate 
emulate or something that, uh, yeah, just something that inspires. And so I guess my answer to that question would be, and Michael Jackson's answer <laughs> would be, be the change and be the person that's inspiring. I mean, you're not going to inspire your spouse just because you read one book and you figure out, you know, what's going to fix him or her. You're going to have to change yourself. Do it alone a lot of the times first. And this happened last year. We start doing the podcast and I'm reading all these books. And then somewhere along the line, Eric starts reading some of the books and he's excited about them. And then he's coming to me and talking to me about these principles. And in the back of my mind, I was resentful that like he wasn't giving me credit that like I was the one who had brought it up in the first place. Like you were the one who wrote the books. <laughs> like, like, it's like I wrote the books and I was like, um, I'm the one who like got you into this. And now you act like it's your thing. Thing, right? But then I had to be like, at the end of the day, I wanted Eric to be into it. I wanted to discuss these things with him. And now that he's into them, I'm like wanting credit for it. <laughs> and I, I just was open with him one time. And I was like, I just feel like I just want you to acknowledge that like... <laughs> And that was really small of me. And I knew it when I was saying it. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Eric's not perfect. Mostly I'm not perfect. Sometimes I just had to, I had to express to him, hey, I'm embarrassed that I'm feeling this way, but I'm feeling this way. Like, you know, and we laughed and we talked about it. And he said, thank you to me. And I felt a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Just say thanks. And I just, I don't want to downplay this. Like, if you're like, I really don't feel like I can continue in this marriage with my spouse because I feel like I'm in such a different place. I think that sometimes there are ways to suggest hobby changes. So I don't try to tell Eric what to do personal development wise, but sometimes I will say, I don't want you to die and you're not exercising. And I believe that if you don't exercise, your heart's going to give out sooner. He can be annoyed by that. Thanks for telling everyone I'm fat. You're not fat. And since we've gotten the dog, you've been walking a lot more. And also, P.S. by the way, like I didn't, I'm not obsessed with the idea of having a dog. But when I realized it was helping him have more healthy habits and it was bringing him like all this joy, I was like, good, fine, let's have the stupid dog. You You don't, you love the dog. I do love that freaking dog. I know he's not stupid. I love you, Spike. And so that for number one, if you're not on the same page with self-development and growth, just try so hard to just keep working on yourself. And if you feel like you're getting on a different page than your partner, maybe you can look at some activities that you can do together. But remember, you're always going to catch people with kindness, honey, sweetness, and by being the change you want to see. I I know this is a bold statement, but I really believe that if you're truly changing and becoming better, your spouse might not totally meet you on the same level, but yeah. they will follow. Like in some way or another, it will. Even if it takes if, years yeah. or whatever, but if you're yeah. continually growing, like. You just got to have faith. Remember, it's that quote Do you think that good things won't happen unless you force them to? We just, we need to have more faith in humanity, I think, as a whole. I know we're going a lot on this first one. But we'll be quick on the next ones. But this is something I realized in this last year that people are often asking, how do you guys get so much done? You both work for yourselves. You do this, you do this, you do this. It occurred to me that one of the reasons we have time and 
energy and space to get a lot of our dreams and goals done is because we have a healthy relationship. An unhealthy relationship or one that you're obsessing over, even if it is healthy, can drain so much of your energy. And I do think that your relationship should be a top priority. Working on yourself is, I think, one of the main ways to make your relationship a top priority. So even though that seems counterintuitive, not trying to change or fix your partner, but working on yourself. But then also keep in mind when it comes down to spending money, hiring a babysitter, buying some freaking freak nasty lingerie, whatever it is you like to do, spend the freaking money. Spend the money. Babysitters are expensive. Going out to dinner is expensive and we're going to get to this. But spend the money and here is why. Because you will make more money. You will have more energy if it is not being drained by a relationship that you are allowing to drain you. Allison sometimes preaches. Okay, question number two. And this was so interesting to me and lots of people asked it in different versions was, what's our most common fight? How do we fight? How do we settle the argument? And who like gets the last word? And I was talking to Eric about this and do you do you want to say what our most common fight is about? No, you can say it. It's about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like genuinely our most common fight is about the podcast. And I think the reason why it's the thing that is the most common fight is it's one of the few projects we are working on together. We don't work together a lot. Yeah, like he does his projects and I support him and I do my projects and he supports me, but the podcast is both of us. So here's, I think, two things. One, I believe that the podcast is doing a lot of good for us, for me personally, for Eric personally, and I also really, really genuinely hope it's doing good for other people. That is the freaking reason why we do it. When things are doing good, they're going to meet a lot of resistance. And I talk about this book all the time. It's the... uh, The War on Art. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. The more good you're trying to do, the more resistance that is going to come up. So one, I think that resistance just exists around the podcast because I believe it is a good, positive thing. And two, it's just expectations, right? And one of the main things we disagree on is the length of the podcast. Yep. And so how do we fight about that? Sometimes poorly, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've stormed out of here before. Oh, yeah, I've stormed <laughs> out. Eric's raised his voice. Can you imagine Eric raising his voice? He raises his voice, guys. I think the thing with fighting is this is, you know, just 101. I feel, I feel. When this happens, I feel. Rather than you do this and you do that. It's just like arguing and having discussions with people 101. You don't come out with people like you do this and this happens and this always happens and I never. You don't make those blanket statements. You keep it in the, I feel like I have a really good attitude right now and you're not excited to be here. <laughs> and that's that's the argument. And it's resolved itself sometimes, but even before we rec- recorded this one and I showed Eric the questions, he's like, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> And so I just think it's like this myth that everything is going to be settled all the time. It's like we just like let it go and we're open about it so things don't bottle up. But also we focus on how can I make the podcast better for Eric, like appeal to Eric and what are the expectations and just really outlining things clearly. And in the last two episodes, we had tons of music from Pleasant Pictures Music Club. And speaking of, this episode is brought to you by... 
Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Tell the people about Pleasant Pleasant blah 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 blah. Pleasant Pictures Music Club is a premier library and custom music house. For whatever type of projects you need, we are problem solvers and love helping you get the right track. So go to pleasantpictures.club, browse the library. I can't believe you're not browsing it right now while you're listening. Turn off the podcast and go browse the library. Your Instagram is also looking awesome. What's yeah. the Instagram handle? Pleasant Pictures Music Club. And they have videos with really cool snippets of their music. So the podcast, it really is beneficial for me. I really love it. And then Eric has to edit for hours without me. So bringing in but more... But you make it almost sounds like I don't like doing the podcast. I do Sometimes like the podcast. Sometimes it feels like that. You know, I love the podcast. <laughs> What's the next question? And there you go. Okay, the next question has to do with love languages. How do you learn Eric's love language? How do you do yours? How do you figure out his love language? I'm an introvert. My husband's an extrovert or I'm an extrovert. And so many of those questions pop up. And here is the thing with those questions in our society, labels, 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 labels. And so here's how I want to address those questions. Yes, I think I freaking love self-development books. I freaking love defining things. I teach the branding workshop. But one of the things that I have learned from teaching the branding workshop to so many students where they come in and I'm helping them, you know, find their negative beliefs and roadblocks and help them define their business and their emotional attachment to it is people want to be told exactly what to do. Very often. This surprises me because I guess I do want to be told exactly what to do sometimes. And then other times I'm like, you don't know me. And I think that these labels can be really detrimental because Eric actually isn't an introvert. And I am actually not an extrovert. If anyone's an introvert, it's me. I need so much alone time. I'm like the queen freaking princess of the world. (laughs) I need so much alone time. This is why I love the podcast because it's me basically alone talking to lots of people. I love talking to mass amounts of people, but I like to be alone (laughs) a lot too. She wants to be the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I thank you. The evil Wizard of Oz. So here's what I think. Pay attention to what your spouse loves and freaking ask them. It's communication. Relationships are communication. Very often people don't know what they like. Or they haven't been asked either. Or they haven't been asked. Have you asked your spouse, what's the thing I do that makes you feel the most loved? Or what's the favorite gift that you've ever received from me? What's something that when I do it around the house, it makes you feel really good? I've actually never asked you that. I would preface the whole thing by saying, I want to be a better spouse and then ask the question. Oh, that's because again, it's about intentions and expectations. You're not nitpicking. You're not nagging. That's awesome. But Eric, really, what is your favorite thing that if I do around the house makes you feel good? Or does it like doesn't matter? When you organize, that's what I love. I do organize. But I don't like being there because you're kind of crazy. You're crazy when it goes on. Yeah, I get manic. Yeah, but I like <laughs> I like coming home after you've organized. Not that I don't like organizing, I do, but you do get manic. <laughs> And a little crazy. We'll, we'll go into this a teeny bit more. There's a question about household duties, but let's get to question number four. How do you stay connected with kids? Has marriage changed after kids? How do you decide to have kids? Worried that having kids will end self and career goals. Um, so has marriage changed after having kids? What do no, you think? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. There's new people in the freaking house. Yeah, it's like almost more a bigger change than marriage itself. It is. And how did we decide to have kids? <laughs> well, Uh, Like six months prior, you were crying saying you never want to have kids. Yeah. And then 
and then randomly I you cried again cried saying, saying, my arms hurt my arms hurt I, I need a baby <laughs> and then what happened was I got pregnant I think we've shared this story but I got pregnant and when I get pregnant my hormones go bananas most people's do but I'm a special breed of bananas and I was so unbalanced and so unhinged that Eric had a conversation with me saying I don't think we should bring children into this world until you go seek mental help. And then like literally the next day took the pregnancy test. (laughs) And when I told Eric I was pregnant, he went, we've told the story, I think he went in and laid down on our bed face down for like half an hour. That is how he responded. Uh, I was so tired. No, you weren't. (laughs) You were so depressed. And guess what I did? I made cupcakes and I didn't get mad at him and I allowed him to have his response. And I say that with so much pride and such a big ego because it's like one of the few times I think I did something right in our relationship. <laughs> and so with which e- with each child, it was we pray together. But it was me being like, it's time for a baby. <laughs> My arms hurt. That was, that and Eric was her line. Like, Are you sure? And that's how, and we're going to talk the, how do you stay connected with kids? I think we'll talk more about that, but a lot of people worried that having kids will end their sense of self and their career goals. And that's just something I want to speak to. I don't identify with the word mom. I don't really like when people go, oh, she's a mom Instagrammer or a mom blogger. No, I'm not. I don't talk about parenting. I'm a mom. So you're putting the title mom there. I just, I'm, I, a, I'm a dad musician. Yeah. Like, like seriously, like I don't identify with that. And I know a a lot of women do. My best friend, Jessica Dahlquist, does the Extraordinary Moms podcast, and it is wonderful, and so many people connect to it. I don't, and I think one of the reasons I don't is because when I became a mom, I felt like it meant I had to lose who I was, and I decided that that's not true, and children teach you to accept yourself more fully and be who you are. They give you permission to take time for yourself and permission to go after your dreams because you realize that you're going to be the best version of yourself when you you do. And so I'm a better version of myself after having kids because it forces me to think about myself less. Mm-hmm. And that is scientifically proven to make you happier to think about yourself less. Do you have any words on that? No, you did great. Thanks. Okay. Number five, how does Eric support you in your times of meltdowns and panic attacks and anxiety attacks? And lots of people ask this question. And I think it's a really good question. The answer is, how does he do it for many years? Very poorly. That's not on him. He's not a trained psychiatrist. So do you just like want to give people like an idea of like how you're feeling like years ago when I'm like in the middle of an anxiety attack? Well, I just didn't know what to do. So I think I retreated. He either retreated or he'd start kind of yelling at me like, what are you blah, blah, blah. You know, like the worst thing to do and play this for your partner, the the worst thing to do with to somebody who is having an anxiety attack or panic attack is to shout at them. But he just, I think you felt helpless. And yeah, there's nothing I could do. And confused and so that would come to a head it has just taken years of after the fact communication hey when I am crying and you don't come over and hug me I feel like an idiot that's me having to tell him what I want in the anxiety attack in the middle of the breakdown it's you can't articulate exactly what you want but try to be aware of like what you think would be helpful then 
have a conversation later where it's like, I'm sorry this happened. I'm working on it. I'm I'm seeking therapy. I'm doing these changes. Here's a tool that I think could help in the future. So another thing that I've talked to Eric about is when I'm having an anxiety attack, when I'm freaking out, I don't need him to fix the problem. I just need him to listen and tell me that sounds really hard and I love you. Two days ago, I've been doing really well with my anxiety and the breakdowns and the meltdowns don't happen as often, but I'm processing a lot of stuff because of the trauma. I'm in trauma therapy and lots of things are bubbling up and something hit real close to home the other day and I lost it. I was screaming like people around my office, I'm sure could hear me screaming. Like it was like not a pretty picture. And I called Eric and I just screamed. You just let me scream. Yeah, it was easy. It was easy. And and he just said, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that sounds so hard. I love you. And he didn't scream back. I think I think what happens is when your energy is at like a fever pitch, your partner wants to match it or they or it triggers them to match it. Yeah. Right. I, I don't match it anymore. Yeah. Don't match it. I just I don't even like I mean, I have empathy for you, but I have to like kind of compartmentalize it for a minute. Yeah. Like disengage almost. Yeah. And that, just, that I have to act like a dog. Yes. I just have to be <laughs> lo- loving, look into your eyes and love you and just try to give you affection until it's over. <laughs> That's literally the best advice you've ever given on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Be a dog. Be a dog. And do the same thing for your spouse and your partner. And then when the the situation is no longer escalated, that's the time to have the how can we better deal with this type of situation in the future conversation. Like, not in the middle. That is not Mm -hmm. the time. (laughs) That is not the time. No. Okay. Another question that I thought was really interesting, we're on number six, is question was, how do you decide what to share and what to hold back? And then kind of, I think part of that question is, and why I wanted to answer it is like, who do you talk to about your marriage or relationship or sex or different things like that? And I wanted to share this story that Eric had actually forgotten in the very beginning of our marriage. I think Ginger was either like a baby or not even born yet. I was talking to my sister and I was just venting about Eric. Unbeknownst to me, it called him on my cell phone and he heard what I was saying. I had never really done something like that before. Like I don't vent about him to people, but I was really mad about something and I was kind of riled up and I was talking to my sister and I was kind of making things more dramatic than they were and it called him and he heard. And then I realized that he had heard and I called him back. And he said, do you remember what he said? You said, I don't know exactly what I said. He said, if this is true, we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so glad that happened early on in our marriage because I don't vent to people about my husband. I don't. Sometimes, maybe sometimes I'll say something to my sister like, brah, men, you know, but. He's too muscly. He's too sexy. He turns me on too much. He's too too good at music. So many, like things like that, you know? Yeah. But I think that this is something that people do is you talk to too many people about your marriage, you share too many intimate details, and it's not a safe space anymore. And I don't think it's good to not talk to anyone, but I think you need to be like really, 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 really selective and careful. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, you should always defend who's not there. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying never talk to your friends or never talk to somebody about your relationship, but I just really think like, if there's a really big issue, go to a therapist or one trusted friend. But just remember, whatever you say about your spouse, people are going to remember. Even if you're like, I don't feel that way anymore, 
people remember. And I just think that we should treat our spouses with so much respect that they are never sitting around wondering what their partner says about them. So in terms of deciding what to share and what to hold back, like that's been a huge thing for me in my entire career is learning that balance. Mm -hmm. It's a really personal thing. And at the end of the day, it comes down to intuition for me, being prayerful, not sharing things that I wouldn't share like face-to-face, not sharing things that I'm not comfortable saying out loud. You know, like you have to say, would I be okay with this being entered into public record? You know, because that's, kind of what it is now with the internet and yes yeah, seriously and and even when you're talking to your friends like whatever you tell someone is going to go into public record right and so just think of it like that so this is an interesting question number seven who plans date night do you have daily ways to connect is it normal to go in and out of love so do you want to talk about that uh, date night we try to we try to go once a week yeah we really do we usually do we just have a we just plan on having a sitter friday or saturday and i want to say that was hard for me especially when I started working more full time and I'm gone from nine to five or eight to four or sometimes later than five and then to have a babysitter come again at seven, a different babysitter paying another person, it felt, I felt really guilty. Like I only saw the kids for like two hours today and I'm spending so much money. But remember when I yelled at everyone to spend money, your energy, your being is going to be free and better if you have a better relationship and to have a better relationship relationship is to spend time with your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to spend money, but you do have to spend time. You do have to spend money on a babysitter if you don't. It's true. If you have kids or doing like trade babysitting, taking turns with other people. I really like our like our habit of once a week. And it's really the, fun. It is really fun. And here's the thing is we don't really put big expectations on doing wild and crazy things or We rarely plan anything. We just we kind of plan it as we're driving away. Like we leave the babysitter and we'll say, "Hey, we'll text you when we figure out what we're doing." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Cuz neither of us are really huge planners. We plan to be together. We plan to have that time together, but other than that, like I I don't have a lot of energy or mental space to like think of some huge creative experience. So I think maybe a lot of people might be putting pressure on themselves to like have these wild experiences. Very often our dates are we go to dinner, we go to a movie. I like just driving around together. Yeah, just do what your spouse wants and you'll probably be happier. Yeah, and and lots of times we go to the grocery store. Yep. Um, I think the point is, is that you're spending time together. So do you want to talk to this, is it normal to go in and out of love kind of aspect of that? Yeah, I think the answer is yes. Everything cycles and things are hot and cold. But I also think that good habits can help sustain the love to be there more than like sometimes we will both realize that, holy crap, we haven't even like talked to each other. We've been so involved with our businesses and our Mm -hmm. goals that we're like, we haven't connected in a while and we're not even into each other right now. So I think accepting the fact that that exists is good and then you can address it and you can find ways to lessen the lessen the you know the parts where you're not so into each other i guess just being aware is a is a is a really big part of it what do you think well i think exactly being aware we go through so much of our days like zombies and a lot of people said i'm just so tired by the time i do this and i'm so tired by the time i do that don't do it don't do it if you're too tired to 
to en- engage in your relationship, then you should probably let go of some things. It's hard to know what you're doing compared to what other people are doing because I don't know what your relationship is like. But I think one thing that I've noticed about Eric and I is that we don't hang out with friends a lot. Like I'll go and do something with a friend. He'll go and do something with a friend. But in terms of being couples that hang out and lounge and do a lot of activities with other families, we don't do it a ton. And I, I don't I'm not against it at all, but it's just like we're very excited about what we're doing and we only have energy for a certain amount of things and it is taking care of ourselves, taking care of us, taking care of the kids and our goals and aspirations. Yep. We always get the balance. How do you balance the careers and how do you balance this? It's like balance you, is such a bad word. Yes, we, I say this so often. It's just such a terrible concept. It's like, what What do you want? Do you want a happy marriage? Great, spend more time on it. It's like not that, I mean, it's hard, but it's not that hard of a concept. Right, exactly. It's just, if you're too tired by the time you clean the whole house and you take care of the kids and you do your workout and you serve in the PTA and you do this, 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 and this, then you, mama's got to let something go. It's just about that relax. And that was a question so many people had is, I don't have the energy. I don't have the time. What's the story? What's the story you're telling yourself? You don't have the energy. What's sucking your energy? I think that that is the biggest question you should be looking at like almost every single day, weekly. What is draining me of my energy? Because often the thing that is draining us of our energy are negative thought patterns and limiting self-beliefs. It's not the actual activity. It used to drain me a lot more to chat. And we went to, we go to Chick-fil-A a lot. <laughs> we went to Chick-fil-A the other day and I ended up chatting with a series of like three or four people. Usually after I would engage with that many people and we're out, it kind of would drain me. But because I'm working on this concept of relaxing into things and easing into things, it didn't and drain. not trying to control everything. Not trying to control. I'm not trying to control everything. That's what it is. I'm not trying to control and everything. And now you have way more energy. I have so much more energy. Yeah. So the real question is. It goes back to your first quote. Yeah. Do you think good things won't happen unless you force them to? We all just got to relax. Like, (laughs) in fact, right now, take a deep breath in. Let it go. Find where you're holding the tension. I so often hold my tension in my jaw. Hmm. And I I never noticed that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Notice where you're holding that tension. Your back, your shoulders, your legs, your jaw, your forehead. Just relax. You're doing a really good job. Your partner loves you. You love your partner. The grass is green. The sky is blue. We're on a planet that's spinning. It's all good, man. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And you might get hit by a car and you're still going to be okay. Being hit by a car was the best thing ever. (laughs) It was really hard, but man, freaking like adjustment of the century. Talk about like a chiropractic adjustment. Yeah. (laughs) Are you going to go in and out of love? Of course you are. Life is cyclical. It's like the waves of the ocean. Like, the phases of the moon, man. You can't be in crazy bunny love all the time. You wouldn't get anything done. And also, why not? Why not be in love all the time? <laughs> I just want to say this. I want to say this. You just need to have more sex. And we're talking about a committed relationship. What do you decide to share and not to share? I don't want you to like picture me in Eric's love life necessarily. <laughs> but like, I think the biggest answer is have more sex. 
Do you have anything you want to say about that? That's that's all I wanted to say about this podcast. Is just have more sex. That's it. And if you don't feel like having sex because something is draining your energy, that physical connection is really important. And I'm not talking about, it's like the date night. You don't need some like crazy freak nasty, turn your room into a tropical <laughs> paradise. You're in like a getup that took you 30 minutes to like assemble type of situation, okay? Everybody wants to complicate, complicate it so much. And like, sometimes it's like, dude, it's been a while. Let's check this off the list. It's never a bad thing, right? Right. So, but in terms of <laughs> the daily, I try to make sure we've kissed every day mm-hmm. and we try to say prayers together at night. Yep. And we take turns doing that, then we kiss after the prayer. And even if he's all the way on the other side of the bed, I pout until I get a kiss usually. Yeah, it's interesting how you never move over to me. <laughs> it's because I'm injured. <laughs> <laughs> So awareness and it's the two things I think that a relationship needs is communication and sex. Yeah. But women typically need verbal communication. Mm -hmm. Men typically need physical connection. Maybe as the woman, you need more of that. Nothing's, Nothing's wrong. Nothing's right. Everything is, do you feel connected? Are you checking in with one another? If you don't feel comfortable having those conversations, if you don't feel comfortable stripping down, well, then you need to have a conversation. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, if your intentions are to make your marriage better and your spouse knows that, then whatever follows after you say that is going to be well received. I love that. And I think we should bundle number eight and number nine in together because everything ties in. Number eight, a question lots of people had is how are you balancing career aspirations with family? You guys are both doing your own business. How do you have competitive vibes? It doesn't seem like there are. That also ties into question number nine is a lot of people had questions about like the household duties. And I think balancing the family and aspirations and competitiveness and lots of people kind of put it in terms of who gets priority. Mm -hmm. Back to us shunning the word balance. I do think priority is a good word, but what would you say about this? Well, I think it's evolved over the years, but we've both come to to the fact that we both want a career. And because of that, we know that we need hours to work. And because of that, we have a nanny every day. Yeah. And she's here while the kids are at school. Although Fiona's not in school, but she naps a good portion of it. So we have a nanny every single day. So we both work. And then because we have our work hours like set, when they are over, we can be more intentional to spend time with the family. And this is kind of a beef I have. When I go to hire a lot of times and it's like a starting position, maybe it's going to be in that $10 an hour range. A lot of women are thinking the money I'm making doesn't even cover the babysitter or it covers just the babysitter. But it's just such a flawed way of thinking because if you have a partner or a spouse that's making money and women feel like every hour that they're away from the children that's being compensated, they have to make the money to pay for it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's their job to make enough money to pay for the babysitter. Okay. And that's flawed because it's a partnership. And if you have aspirations, screw aspirations. If you need to work because being at home with your children all day doesn't work with your personality and your mental health and you're calling your spouse every Every day at three o'clock on the verge, crying, screaming, or asking when he's going to be home because that's how hard it is for you to be at home with children. This is personal experience. Yeah, this is freaking personal experience. <laughs> if you're that type of person, great. You're awesome. 
good for you. If you're like my friend Christina, who can be home all day with children and raise puppies and children and have more puppies and more children, I'll send my child over to your house. Thank you. I appreciate you. I do not work that way. And it took me years to let go of the guilt, but it's this really flawed system that the woman's pay has to compensate for the sitter. And I, it's, you love your spouse, you love yourself. What do you want to accomplish in your life? If you want to spend this time at home with your children, own it, love it. You don't have to do what I'm doing. And if you need to get out of the house, just this idea, like you have to make the money to compensate for it. And this has nothing to do with your partner because he's making the money and it's your job. It's like so 1930s, 40s, 50s that I kind of want to poke my eye out. But people just don't see it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Are we competitive with each other? Uh, Not really. I don't feel that way. Sometimes he says, I'm going to make more money than you. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I used to make more money than you. You recently surpassed me, but I, I will be back there quickly. But I bet you won't. Oh, I totally will. <laughs> And here's the thing, like what it boils down to is I don't expect Eric to make a certain amount of money. I expect myself to reach certain goals. We both feel that way. Yeah, but if I want something, I create it. Does that make sense? So this is something we often share is that we hired a cleaning lady before we had enough money for insurance. Yeah. That really, really helped with our relationship and splitting up household duties. The other thing that I wanted to add, and this is question number nine, the household duties, is I used to have a laundry service. It's very expensive. And then I had a college girl who was doing our laundry and it was a bit of a back and forth. And now we have one nanny. We used to have a couple and we have one. I increased her pay a little bit and asked if she could do the kids laundry so she does the kids laundry and now eric does his own laundry and i do my own laundry and that seems really normal to us but i don't think that that would maybe be normal for other people yeah who cares Yeah. So, but I'm just sharing it because yes, it would be easy for me to grab Eric's laundry and throw it in with mine. And I would be happy to do that, but I don't know what his cycle is. I don't know what his laundry needs are. So if that's something that you struggle with in your relationship, then have a conversation, have some sex, see a counselor, (laughs) get a, get a objective third party involved. Subscribe to Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Subscribe to Pleasant Pictures Music Club. It'll all work out. Yeah, it'll be great. So number 10, I thought that this was a fun question, and it's what's the most unexpectedly wonderful part of being married? Oh, I didn't know this one. I know. I surprised you. Do you want to think about it? I have an answer. Okay, go for it. So it's in the same vein of what I realized last year is that one of the reasons I'm able to get a lot done and able to do things is because I have this really great relationship with Eric and it isn't very time consuming right this minute. That's not to say that during other times of our life, we've needed to spend more time in our relationship, more energy, mad about things. But that's the unexpected part of being married for me is I feel like I'm able to develop myself more because of the relationship, because I have this love, because I have this person who supports me. And I don't mean just monetarily, right? Like he supports me. I feel bold to give myself my own show and put my name in lights. And for my upcoming workshop, I had my face illustrated and put on a shirt and it's hysterical. It's just this whatever 
I'm going to do what I want. If I'm being a good mom and I'm being a good spouse and I'm being a good friend, I don't like disappointing people, but like those are those are the people to not disappoint. And then I'm going to do whatever I want. Besides not disappointing those people, <laughs> just the bold. I think it's the boldness in like I wasted a lot of time being consumed with not healthy relationships, volatile relationships. I I spent a lot of time feeling bad that I didn't have a boyfriend, maybe, or that I wasn't attractive enough because that's why I didn't have a boyfriend. Right, all this like all the thing, you know. And I was like, oh, having this great relationship squared away frees up my energy to be my best self. So that's like a really unexpected thing. And so if there are those of you out there who are worried about some, someone said, how do you choose? Because with the dating apps, you there's always like options out there. I don't know. We didn't have that. We had, we my, didn't we have had MySpace. That. We had MySpace. We had the top eight. You know? But here's the thing is like, that's life, man. That's the number one question people ask me about their career. Our problem in this century is that we have this opulence of choice. Indecision is the hurdle. But the thing is, is so much is placed on external circumstance. Like if I don't make the right choice, then I can't yeah. be happy where that's completely false. Like you are happy and you make choices and you made that choice. So yeah. make it be happy. If you're not married or not in a relationship, if you don't have a partner, look for somebody who you like yourself around. But actually like yourself first. I mean, yeah, like yourself the first. Per- the, your spouse isn't going to solve your problem. They're just going to make your life way better. Yeah. But it's not going to solve your inherent problem. And that's when you get into the definitions of codependence and thinking you need somebody else to make you whole. If you're using another person to solve problems or to solve issues in your past, in your life, when they don't fulfill on those, it's a day of reckoning. And that's when the marriages end and that's when people are unsatisfied. But the thing is, is at the end of the day, like we said in number one, it has nothing to do with your spouse for the most part. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody's treating you poorly, somebody's taking advantage of you, somebody's verbally, physically, in any way abusing you, no, 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 big nose. We don't do that. We get out. We get help. We don't make excuses for people walking all over us. Get out, man. Big fat no. But other than that, work on yourself. <laughs> Did you want to hear mine? Yes. I thought of two. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, the first one I thought was one of my favorite things is when you and the kids do a project. Because That's so cute. the kids are never happier. When you get a project going and they have this sense of like purpose, they're like over the moon. They can't handle themselves. So that's one of my favorite things. The second thing is I love that you you aren't limited there's no limiting beliefs like i can say ridiculous goals and you're like yep yeah and so there's nothing holding me or you back and that's that's huge and that's really everything because anything's possible and even when i say a goal or you say a goal often i'll be like double it yeah like (laughs) it's great whatever whatever the goal is it's like yeah whatever double it that's not even hard double it I appreciate that. Thank you. Welcome. And I would also like to point out, uh, Eric said this will be over an hour in recording time. And I said, no, it won't be. And I'm always right. He's always right. I'm always right. She knows that, though. So that's why it works. <laughs> we want to thank you for these questions. I hope that the way we answered them helped really genuinely helped you. It didn't frustrate you. It didn't make you feel defeated because at the end of the day, 
day, working on yourself and self-awareness is difficult. So I don't want anyone to feel defeated. What I ultimately hope is that we just relax a little bit about it. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on your spouse. Crazy expectations. I don't have a gift for Eric for our anniversary. Do you have one for me? No. Do we have a big fancy something planned? Yes. Well, we do in June. (laughs) In June. Yeah, not for this week. And we planned it yesterday. Yep. So expectations, man. If you want a big fancy gift, tell your spouse or buy it or plan it. Yeah. Just humble yourself and say what you want. And that's and that's what it boils down to is you gotta you gotta tell people what you want. And I know that you think, well, if they really love me, they'll just be able to tell. I shouldn't have to tell them. That's that's a that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to be a jerk about telling people what you want. Ask, they, ask them what they want. Ask them what they want first. Yeah. Yeah. We wish and hope for you that you have a relationship, a partnership, a union full of love and compassion and that you can bloom and blossom and be your best self. And again, thank you so much for the questions. Like the fact that I can be like, hey, do you have questions? And there's hundreds of questions that come in in under 24 hours. It's pretty cool. It's an honor. Participation, your attention, your time is an honor. And so we genuinely appreciate it. And we're so grateful. And we ask that you share the podcast if you love it, because sharing is caring and it helps us grow what we're trying to do, which is just to help people feel as awesome as they are. Mm-hmm. Check out pleasantpictures.club, Pleasant Pictures Music Club. And then also, if you're not for some reason, follow me on Instagram at The Allison Show because I have been making a really big effort to take the things that we like, things we talk about in the podcast and this feel more awesome than you did before. I'm really working on infusing that into the Instagram account. And so it's a, just a fun way to get daily doses of this type of message in a much shorter format. So if you're not following me on Instagram, it's at The Allison Show. Uh, We love you. Thank you. We will get back to reviews next week, back to reasonably shorter episodes next week. And (laughs) I want to say only you can be you. And you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, what are you taking us out on? I just finished a new playlist for Pleasant Pictures Music Club. It's called... The playlist is called I Dream in Acoustic, and these are all organic, acoustic, beautiful things that you can put to your productions. And this song is called Seabird. I love it.